0: You are
1: point of weary is your burden weighing heavy is it all too much to carry let me tell you about my jesus do you feel that empty feeling the shame's done all it's stealing and you're desperate for some healing let me tell you about my jesus
0: he
2: makes a way where there ain't no way
1: rises
3: up
0: from an empty grave ain't no sinner that he can't save let me tell you about my jesus his love is strong and his grace is free and the good news is i know that he can do for you what he's done for me let me tell you about my jesus and let my Safe. Let me tell you about my Jesus, His love is strong and His grace is free, and the the news is, I know that He can do for you what He's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus, and let my Jesus
1: Pay the price for all my guilty. Who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Whoa! Oh. He makes a way when there ain't no way.
0: Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is And the good news is I know that He Can do for you what He's done for me Let me tell you about my Jesus And let my Jesus change
4: just thank you today for your presence here. God, we thank you for uh, who you are. We, God, we just we just want to lift you up today. We want to praise you. We want to honor you. We want to give you all the glory for what you have done for us. Lord, I pray for Brother Darrell. He, de- he delivers your word today. God, just bless him as he uh, speaks to us and open our hearts to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <laughs>
0: broken every chain (laughs) their salvation
5: Oh
3: turn in your Bibles with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 4. The text is almost exactly the same as last week. I don't, I was thinking back after all the years, I don't think I've ever done that before, where we preach the same text two weeks in a row. But I promise I'm going to try to not repeat last year, last year, last week. uh, It's almost like the opposite side of the coin. We'll get to the text here in a minute. And I did add one verse. um, But where last week we uh, read the same text, Jesus said that he, he, uh, the scriptures say that he, uh, he came to teach, to preach the gospel, and to heal. Teach, preach the gospel, and to heal. Most of last week, we did both sides, but most of it was about receiving all of that. I need to be taught, I need to receive the gospel as it's preached, and I'm, need to be healed okay so where last week was almost almost all receiving this week will be the other side of that corn where we as disciples are giving i still need to be taught but i need to learn how to teach i still need to receive the gospel but i need to learn how to share the gospel i need to be healed but i need to be praying for those also who need to be healed Okay, we'll get to that main part of the text out of Matthew 4, but I do want to look at one verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, well, where is where we will end up at. I'm going to read it right now. I want you to see what you see, and then we'll get it, get to it at the end. There's an outline of this message on the back side of your announcements, if you'd like to use that. Right after... The text, Matthew 4, 23 through 25, we go right into chapter 5, and we will begin, not today, a long section of the Sermon on the Mount. So this is verse 1, chapter 5, leading into getting ready for the Sermon on the Mount. I want you to see what you see out of the verse. So Jesus, seeing the multitudes, another way to say it is crowds, Seeing the crowds, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Okay? We'll deal with that more toward the end. Let's go back and read the text again, what Jesus is doing just before delivering the Sermon on the Mount. Verse 23, chapter 4. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan, and like we uh, last week, I know it was very shortened. The service just kind of led that way. But teaching is instructing the mind, its order, its how to. We didn't do this, but there's a scripture out of uh, Romans chapter seven, verse eighteen. It will be on the screen. This is what happened to me years ago. I hadn't had not started preaching yet, and we were in church in a. In our church in Springfield Missouri and our pastor was was preaching and I love the man to death he's a good preacher he's not a good teacher but he he knows how to preach he just doesn't know how to teach and I was sitting there and he was going through this chapter and he was reading this verse and I sat there in my seat and I know it sounds very judgmental of, of me but I was actually thinking that very same thing he knows how to preach but he doesn't know how to teach and we came to this verse and it dawned on me and i had i had a revelation god revealed to me when i read this verse and paul says uh, for i know that in me that is in my flesh nothing good dwells for to will is present with me now here here it is this those these words just stood out to me as i read them that day in that church in Springfield. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. That word how. Teaching is about how. Anybody can tell you what. Don't you, don't you ever want to get up in front of people and tell them what they, what they should do, right? And, and a lot of people, a lot of preachers want to do that. They just want to get up and tell you what you should do. That might be a part of, it is, it it is. We need to know what we should do. Okay, what is important, but how is the difference? And as I read that, that day, as as he preached on, it dawned on me, that's the difference. That's the difference between just getting up and, and telling people what they should do. Everybody wants to do that. You just don't have the the guts to do it, but you but you want to. I want to get up there and set them straight. You know, I want to I want to get up there and tell them what they should do. But they don't know how to. And that's why they don't do it. Sometimes, sometimes they just aren't going to do it. Sometimes people aren't doing it, whatever it is, because they don't know how to. That's teaching. So the other, this is the other side of the coin. I will just very real, real quickly. Even though I dealt with it last week. Some of it, I'm, I need to be taught. I need, I've I've had some great men in my life who who I'd go to him. I remember one this morning. I was th- thinking about this. I'd go to him and say, "How? I know what to do, but I don't know how to do it. Show me how to do it." And he would teach me how. Okay, that's what teaching is. Now. Here's what I wonder, and I'm going to move on. I'm not going to stay long in any of these. I wonder, as you see that, and you probably agree with that, does that speak to you as it did to me? When I sat there in the, in the pew and I read that, and read the word how, it's like, I, that's what I want to do. That's the difference. And that's, that's what I want to do. I want to share with people how to. Do, do you want to do that? What I'm giving the Holy Spirit, I guess, chance, if, if I can say that. I don't even like saying it in that way. But giving the Holy Spirit a chance to deal with you about, is this speak to you? That maybe this is what you could do. I'm not talking about getting up here and preaching, though it might be that, but I'm not talking about that. I'm just about sharing what you've learned with people and showing them how to instead of just What? But I also wanna talk to every teacher in the room. If you're a Sunday school teacher, you teach on uh, Wednesday night, whatever it is, wherever you are, whoever you are, this is the heart of teaching, is instructing your students, helping them. Not just instructing, but getting down there with helping them, this is how you do it. Because what is easy to tell? and it's not always easy to do. What's easy to tell? How is harder takes more time more more instruction so every teacher I, I want every teacher in our church, including me, to teach people how to and then if you're not teaching in some way and you'd like to try it, let us know we're always wanting to train we're always wanting to teach okay so if you're if you don't teach but you yeah I, I'd like to I'd like to at least you know give that a try. Come come and see us. That's teaching. Next one is preaching the gospel. The outline's the same. I'm just going to make some comments that I did not make last week. Reaching the heart and soul. It's an announcement. It's a proclamation. It's not a discussion. So it's different than teaching in some ways. Uh, The next screen, preaching calls for a response, a decision. But it's not just preaching, it's preaching the gospel. So it's more than just getting up there and spouting off and telling people what they they should do. It's preaching the gospel, which is the birth, life, death, uh, resurrection, ascension of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus. I'm going to get a little plain with you here. And some of you might be a little offended, but we all need to grow here. Preaching the gospel, listen closely. The gospel, as I already said, I'm going to say it again so you don't get all upset when I say the next thing. The gospel is the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of who? Jesus. Telling people about God is not the gospel okay telling people about god is not the gospel jews can do that M- muslims can do that that's not the gospel you see let me let me share this with you the one thing i know the devil is all about reducing who jesus is Satan is all about getting rid of the name, if he could at all, every chance he gets, getting rid of the name and the person of Jesus Christ. The gospel is not sharing God with someone. The gospel is sharing Jesus with someone. We are distinctively Christian. There is none other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. Peter made that plain when he talked to the whole court. They said, You stop preaching about Jesus. And Peter said, How can I stop? For there is none other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. The name is Jesus. God has a personal name, Jesus. God has a personal name, Jesus. That is what we share. What I'm asking you to do is take that next step. Stop just talking to people about God. Almost everybody believes in God. The devil believes in God. Almost, almost everybody believes there is a God. That's not the gospel. The gospel is the birth, life, death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus Christ. Now, some of you aren't taking this well. I can feel that. But that doesn't, that doesn't uh, negate the truth. Okay? We need to take that next step and tell people about Jesus. Here, here, here it is in, in, in very simple terms. We need to use the name of Jesus more. We need to speak the name of Jesus more. We need to advertise the name of Jesus more. Satan's goal is to get rid of that name. Satan's goal is to get rid of the person. Satan's goal is to where we begin to talk about spiritual things very vaguely. He wants you to be vague. He he wants you to be fearful. He wants you to back up. He wants you to be afraid to say the name of Jesus in school. He wants you to be afraid to say the name of Jesus in stores. He wants you to be afraid to say the name of Jesus in public. Here here it is. Haven't you seen this? The world just really doesn't care. We can say the name, the, the, the word God all day long. They don't really care about that. They start getting upset. They start to take out that name when you're trying to speak in public. When you're speaking the name Jesus. Okay? What it is, preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, you need to use that name more. Okay? There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we, we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So it's sharing the name of Jesus. So preaching the gospel is Jesus. How about you? For some of you, That's really more your calling. You may not, you know, you you may or may not be able to teach all that well. I don't know. That's not a thing. But you have this desire to share Jesus. Where some of you got a little upset with me now. Some some of you just wanted to say, preach it, preach it, because that's the truth. Some of you were all were all about that because that's what you want to do. You want to do that. For, for some you know they're they're scared to do that. For some of us we we want to do that. We're looking for a chance to do that, to share the name Jesus. It could be that the Holy Spirit's gifted you, calling you, sharing, preaching, the gospel. Preaching the gospel is so much more than what I'm than what I do. Preaching the gospel is just sharing the gospel of Jesus with anyone every, everyone, and it's but sharing. Jesus with them okay? it's, it's getting that name out there it's saying that name more it's, it's using that name as often as you can healing the body and the soul let's just go put all these screens up uh, peace, contentment, joy and hope whether, whether he heals the body immediately but the, we can still have that and, and God works, works through that There's a healing of the body physically and a healing spiritually when we talk about demonic things, and I don't even like to talk about that, but let's go on to the next screen. Hopefully you will not experience demon possession, but every serious Christian will likely contend with demon oppression. So last week, especially, I really hammered away at this. That we need that I, I still do I need to come and pray Lord that you would heal my body, you heal my mind that you would heal my my soul I have the physical oppression I have the the satanic oppression all right, we all need to receive that some of you some of you are curious you know I wonder if I could teach some of you are you know I, when he talked about talk about sharing Jesus that's I want to do that. I'm not afraid to do that. I I want to do that. When we talk about people being healed in Jesus' name, whether it's the physical or the spiritual or both, some of you, that that would involve you praying for people. Okay, you praying for them. Some of you, that's a step you need to take. You need to do that more. You... It's not limited. It's not that you have to have this. But people who do this probably have a gift of praying. And let me just make a couple of uh, observations about that. If praying is a burden for you, and it's just something that you know you're supposed to do, but you just have, like, you fit in a five-minute time slot... And you don't even want to do that, maybe you don't have the gift. I think you should still pray. It might amaze you, I don't know if it would or not, the number of people when I talk to them, I'm counseling with them. When I'm trying to get a spiritual idea of what's going on in someone's life, a common thing they'll ask, I'm not afraid to ask this, how often do you pray? How long do you pray? So I'm gonna ask you, don't answer, please. How often do you pray? How long do you pray, when you pray? All right, it's not a contest, but you can get a feel for where people are at. It amazes me, and I'm sorry that this offends you, but you need, to get, you need to be praying. But it amazes me when I ask that, how often do you pray? The number of times I hear people say, it's been weeks since I've prayed. It's been months since I've prayed. It's been years since I've prayed. I know I should, but I haven't. Weeks, months, years since I've prayed. I never, I, you, you heard me say this, I never show shock. I never, you can tell me anything. I'll just have a blank expression, you know. But inside, I think, wow. Seriously, how do you live? How can you live without praying? I can't, all right? I just just can't. Okay, let's go on the positive side. Well, how do I know that maybe I have this, you know, a gift of prayer I've never thought about, and nobody's ever said anything about it, how would I know that? This is my teaching part here. How? You don't, you don't have to schedule it. You're just praying. In fact, the further you get into it, it's almost like really you're praying all the time. A person without the gift of prayer, it kind of irritates them to get away from their schedule of the day, to schedule in time to pray, to pray. It's kind of like, well, okay, let me put my schedule on hold and I'll get to my scheduled prayer time and get that done. I'll check that box off, so I can get back to real life. <laughs> get back to my schedule. Okay. That's a person who's just not praying. Okay, May, probably don't have that gift of prayer. People who have the gift of prayer, it's the opposite. They're perturbed that they have to stop praying in order to do their schedule. Like you know, I I really don't even want to stop praying, but I know I've got to you know pay the bills, go to go to work, and and but I can still pray doing that stuff. But they they don't have to set aside a, a, a time slot. It's like every chance they get, that's what they're doing, praying. There's a difference. We're very different. And there are people who have that gift of prayer. And when we talk about praying for people, it really gets to you. It really gets to you when we talk about prayer needs and people in the hospital, people need to be healed, people need to, people are just so down, people are just so out. They need somebody to love them. They need somebody to care. They need somebody to pray for them. That really speaks to you. That really speaks to you. You may not teach well. You may not share the gospel well. I don't know. But you have a burden, a desire to pray. That is unusual. Most people, I'm telling you, most people don't have that. But you have a desire to pray that sets you apart and you don't even know it. But that's what's going on. God is gifting you to pray. Now here's what I want to say about that. So, put it to work. Reach out there. Start doing that. Go to the hospitals. When you see in our See in our announcements, or just go to go to the hospitals and pray. Well, I've never done anything like that. We'll do it. Try it. I, I don't know how to. Well, then take me. Take take someone with you. We'll we'll work through it. But that's that's what I want to. Do. I want I want to learn how to do that. I want to learn how to pray for I'm, a lot of things I can't do, but I can do that, and I want to. I want to pray for them. And it needs to be more. We can pray in private. We sure can. But it needs to be more than just praying for people and they don't ever know it. Somewhere along the line, what I'm trying to get you to do is do more with, with your gifts. I'm trying to get you to take that next step. I'm trying to do you to get out of your comfort zone and, and do something you've never done bef- before. It could be. Go up there to, uh, to a hospital room. Grab them by the hand and pray for them. And... When we have prayer time at the end of the service, there are people who come up and need prayer. They want people to pray for them. Do that. Step out of your seat. That's what this amounts to. And I going to use the word step up because we're going to get to that. Step up. Step out of your seat. Come and pray. Well, I've never done that before. Then do it now. Okay? Because this speaks to you. This speaks to you. Step out and step up. you got to start somewhere. Let's go to the last verse that we've already read, but we're going to put it up one more time. Matthew 5, 1, getting ready for the Sermon on the Mount. And seeing the crowds, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Do you see it? So there's crowds probably in the thousands, and there are disciples, probably, and definitely more than 12. It wasn't just the 12. Probably in, probably in the hundreds. So there's crowds probably in the thousands. Disciples maybe a hundred or more. He saw the crowd, and so he moved. Do you see that the crowd didn't move with him? the disciples did but not the crowd because he moved up he went up he climbed the mountain or climbed the hill we think we know where that hill is so he climbed the mountain and he climbed the hill so it takes that effort to walk up but the crowds didn't do it just the disciples so the simple question which are you? Who are you? Are you part of the crowd that stays down on the valley where it's easy and you don't have to step up? You can do that. You you can do that. Notice, Jesus doesn't get upset. Jesus doesn't say, okay, I want the disciples to come with me and I want the crowds to stay. He doesn't say anything. He just moves. What do you do when Jesus moves? What do you do when the Holy Spirit is moving? What do you do when, you, when it's just obvious that the Holy Spirit's at work, that God is moving, that Jesus is moving? What do you do? Now He didn't tell the crowds to stay. He didn't tell the disciples to come. He didn't say anything. He just moved. And the disciples did what Jesus is doing. There's the key to it. True disciples, followers of Christ, do what Jesus is doing. The crowds don't. He didn't didn't get mad at the crowds. He didn't preach down to the crowds. He didn't, nothing, nothing is said. He just goes right in to teach them. I want everybody in the room to take a real assessment of who you are in Christ or outside of Christ. Who are you? Which one of those two groups are you more like? Because the crowd will always do the easy thing, the crowd will always do the easy thing, which is nothing. The crowd will always be content to do nothing. The crowd will always be content to stand still. The crowd will always be content to not move. Disciples aren't that way. They're not content to stay down where the ground is level as they see Jesus walking up a hill. I would rather walk up the hill than stay where I'm at with the crowd. Next screen, last screen. Everything that is good is uphill. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. Everything that's good is uphill. It's a struggle. Disciples walk uphill with Jesus. Crowds don't. Most people, just like on that day, most people are in the crowd. Disciples are a smaller group. Isn't that kind of why Jesus said there's a wide path? Most people will take the wide, easy path. Of course they will. And there's a narrow path. And few there are who take that one. Which are you? Which are you? So to be a disciple, there's no way around this. I'm not going to make it easy for you because God doesn't make it easy for you. To be a disciple, you're going to have to take a step up. You cannot stay where you are now. Jesus is calling you upward. He's moving up. It's your choice, choice to move up with him. What's, it, what's he calling you? What's he asking you? What's he talking to you about as he's calling you upward? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, there's one way to find out. Go up there with him. Sit down there, and that's exactly what they did. When we get into the Sermon on the Mount, they got up and they sat around him, and he began to teach them. But only when they came up and sat around him that he began to teach him. Well, I don't, know, I don't know where he's going. The only way to find out is to go with him. I don't know what we're going to find when we get up to the top of the hill. The only way to find out is to go up there with him. Who are you? Which group are you? Today you are choosing. And if you don't do anything, nothing changes. You're part of the crowd. If the Holy Spirit begins to really, if you allow Him to really begin to move and work in you and things begin to change and you tr- step up and try different things and, and begin to work with Him and seated around Him and He begins to teach you, and it, uh, that's discipleship. I'm going to ask for the band to come. Or whoever is going to sing this morning. I'm going to ask all of our congregation to stand. I'm just asking, desiring, wanting the Holy Spirit to move amongst us and wanting us to just not be like we used to be. It just, I I just could not stand the thought First General Baptist Church being like the crowd. I just can't stand that. I mean, I really just can't stand that, that we would be like the crowd. Just doing what we do because it's easy and because everybody else is doing it. But I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, unique, Used by God somebody that Jesus can teach and then to depend on he can depend on me to do what he's taught me if you want to come and pray about anything what the Holy Spirit may be speaking to you and doing in and through you if you want to come and pray just talk to Jesus about anything then that's what this time is for if you want to come and pray for someone who's praying because the holy spirit spoke to you about that then you you do that too whatever the holy spirit's leading you to do if you need to come and pray and talk to jesus about anything that's what this time's for come and pray